This is the 7-Figure Agency Podcast. Discover the strategies and techniques to grow a highly successful and profitable digital marketing agency with your host, Josh Nelson. All right. Hello and welcome. Thank you guys for joining us. I'm super excited for today's session. We all know that email deliverability inside of high level and outside is a major issue in our agencies, both for trying to get emails out to our prospects, as well as the emails that need to go out through high level for our clients. Um, and some of us have really been up against it. I know, April, this has been a recent big issue for you and your agency. Um, and so I've been kind of going to try and figure out who are the best experts in email deliverability that have gone deep on this, that have answers and have solutions. Uh, and I'm super excited to have Joe from Compliantly here with us today. Joe, give us a, give us a wave. Hi there. And, um, you know, Joe is, is an expert at this. You're, you're going to kind of see he's, he's gone deep on this. He's got some really cool insights to share. So give me a one in chat if you're excited to hear some of Joe's best ideas and strategies on how to really fine-tune deliverability, get our messages to the inbox and out of the spam filter as much as, as possible. Um, awesome. So without further ado, Joe, welcome. And thank you so much for taking the time to join us on today's session. Hey, thank you. So, um, you want me to go right away or? Yeah, let's, let's dive into it. So, um, how's my audio? Is it okay? Everybody can hear me. Yep. Okay, good. So what I will do is I will share my screen and I'm uh, working on my Mac M1. So there is going to be a little bit of stuff in the way once in a while. So, um, and I'm a stickler for being a perfectionist. You know, I'm originally from Germany. So if, um, if there is something that's not perfect, please excuse it. Um, hey, you know what, Joe, if you don't mind, just give us a little bit like a 30-second background on, on you and kind of your, your history. So I was actually an exchange student to the United States in 1985. I was in El Paso, Texas, sponsored by President Reagan. President Reagan actually helped me see that I really liked this country. So after I got my master's in physics, I came back um, with um, as a shareholder of a company that does eight figures in uh, electronics in Germany. And I um, helped build the U.S. business. My partners didn't do what I wanted to do in order to grow. And so basically, I started my own consulting firm in 2003. And I've been doing marketing since 2003. So that's that's the short version of it. Um, awesome. I've, uh, I've started, you know, I've started with several um, niches. You know, I've started. Um, I, I was in the roofing niche. I've um, I've been working on contractors. I did ski shops, and in each area, I have kept one client because what I have learned is that it is nice to uh, take. Uh, strategies out of one area into the next and make them work there. Mm. The way I got to email is because as a marketer in, um, in the medical field, you can't just take everything that's there. A lot of the stuff is not HIPAA compliant. And um, with email, initially, you didn't really have to worry about it. And then you had providers that would sign a business associate agreement. And so you could do some of that stuff. And I just started with email. And that's basically how, how, the, how I got there. 
Excellent. Tom wants to know where, where in Germany you, you hail from. I was born in Bitburg, Germany, which is a beer town. So Bitburger, Bitburger, uh, the Bitburger Brauerei uh, was actually my first employer as a student. You know, I, I cleaned the uh, fermentation tanks. Ah. <laughs> there you go. So let's just let's just just look at this. You know, when you when you think of, at, about email deliverability, there is two things, and I'm sure you have heard this before. There is actually what I call the plumbing, and then there is what I call the behavior. Now, if your plumbing doesn't work, then it doesn't matter how you behave. Um, your emails are not going to be delivered, and so and I think everybody has done this. You know, when you set up mailgun and when you set up the dns settings it's just absolutely frustrating because you have to be very exact to do it and so um you know a year or so about a year or so ago uh, my business partner uh, decided that she was going to do something else and she was responsible for the onboarding in our um, the ghl white label and so that fell into my lap after I had onboarded about 20 clients, I was just like, okay, this got to be um, an easier way or there, got, there has to be an easier way of doing this. And so um, I just wanted to automate it. And that's basically what I did. So what we have here, and I'm going to show you this um, in its uh, complete beauty here. This is a workflow that is an integromat. Now, as I told Josh, I'm not selling this. And um, I actually made a workflow that you can have from me. And uh, all you need to do is just uh, message me and I will send it to you. Um, I, you know, I do implement this for people uh, and then I charge. But from the perspective of, uh, um, of you can have this and set it up, um, that should be that should help you a lot on how to set this up because there's basically everything in here you create an spf record which um can i ask when i talk about these things um do you know what this is when i say you have to create an spf record if you give, give a yes if you do it and no if you don't in the in the chat no lots of no's lynn does Okay. A couple of us do. A lot of us don't. Pete knows okay. it exists, but not really what to do with it. Okay. See, my attitude towards this is once you have the plumbing set up, you don't need to know what it is. Um, you need to have a little bit of an understanding of why it is there. So I can go through this. There is an SPF and there is a DKIM here. Both of those basically authenticate the email meaning they are guards that nobody else is sending in your name. And if these are not set up, then, you know, the email provider that you sent to can't really determine if this is really you or if this is a spammer or what the heck this email is about. And initially, this is actually, this was the most uh, prevalent way of sending spam is just go hijack somebody's mail server and just push out spam. And so these two records came up in order to actually prevent that. 
So there is an SPF record and there is a DKIM record. And I can show this in a little bit what those look like. And then, of course, what you want to do when you um, send email is you want to know if it actually got to somebody. So there is some way of tracking it, and that's what this tracking CNAME here does. And then, of course, there is another authentication method, and that is also looking at if you can actually receive email. So there is an MXB and an MXA, which are both receiving email servers that are in the DNS. They improve deliverability, but they also allow you to receive emails. And then um, we have DMARC, which is essentially another, um, another authentication method in order to ensure that your email is real. And I have another record back here that I'll go back to um, again. So when you set up your um, high level, you have two options of doing it. You know, you can set up an SMTP server and you can set up Mailgun. The reason why so many people say set up Mailgun is because Mailgun is integrated into GHL and it's an API connection. It just makes it a lot smoother. When you create an SMTP, a lot of people do this with G Suite. You can't determine really a reliable way of making G Suite deliverable for marketing emails. And so that's why almost everybody that wants to do it right uses Mailgun on, uh, on GHL. So um, when you create a Mailgun domain, you have to have that domain verified. In order for it to be verified, you have to create these six, um, these six entries. Now, um, and I'm sure if, you know, if you don't know what they are, you're going to be terribly bored if I show you what they are, but there are basically these funny settings here that need to be exact. What I see all the time when I do it is I do something wrong and there is a space missing, or, you know, if you look at this right now, it says V equals SPF one include, is that a colon or is that a semicolon? You know, when you have to ask yourself that question, it usually causes some trouble. And that's the reason why automation just works perfect on this. And that's with virtually all of these. When you look at, at uh, these things here, you know, you have a C name and then, you know, automation will actually give you a record that you can put in here. So you don't even have to type it, you know, and when you look at, at these things, they're pretty long and they're pretty complicated. You know, this one here is like a, um, you know, 200 or 300 characters, the DKIM. And so, um, so I don't really want to go very exactly into these, but, you know, from a plumbing perspective, this workflow here would take care of it. All you do is basically you send a GHL form to this with the required information and it creates the Mailgun domain. It creates all your settings in Cloudflare. Now, people say, well, I don't use Cloudflare. Well, you're going to need to use Cloudflare if you want to um, automate it. And Cloudflare is free, so uh, there is no reason not to use it. It just makes everything a lot easier. And then, of course, 
Uh, Metagon wants to be verified. You want to use or not use open tracking. You want to use or not use click tracking. And of course, you want to set unsubscribe active. And anybody who has done this knows that this takes 10, 15 minutes of intense time. And usually you don't get it right the first time. Now, this thing here does it in nine seconds. And it is correct every single time. That's killer. Yeah, when you first showed this, I was blown away. I was like, wow, this, this, <laughs> this could really simplify and eliminate a lot of hassle with trying to manually go in and copy and paste all these records and all of the setup that goes in, into it. See, what I have set up is I have set up a location creation that creates a location. I'm just going to show that location right now and show the examples there. Now, I do, uh, I do coach medical marketers, and this is basically – um, a location that is in, is created initially by my automation. I have not touched this other than testing the emails. So you have basically everything in here. You have all the settings, the funnels, everything is in there. And in addition to that, you go to SMTP and Mailgun. You see here, the Mailgun domain is in there. And I have not been in my agency uh, settings trying to set this up and put the API keys and whatnot in there and then select uh, the, the domain. This is, this is completely automated. You don't have to go in here other than clicking on the default provider. Um, and that's, and that's it. So what I do in these domains, when I set them up, I actually, you know, you see here, the company name is Izzy Marketing. Um, anybody that needs a dental marketer, uh, she's going to be very good because, you know, she's in my coaching program now. Um, what I do is I set up a subdomain with mailsender.com. Now, GHL uses, I think, messagesender.com. I was so wondering I if that was the the, uh, the GHL default. It's not. No, it's not. Um it is, um, you know, I actually, I, I was kind of surprised that it was available. And uh, so I just, I just bought that and I just set it up that way. What I also have is I have some clients that I have set up on uh, subdomains that are zero dot mailcenter.com, one dot mailcenter.com, two dot mailcenter.com. And that way, if, if I have a client that is actually spamming and that domain becomes tainted, I can just move other clients to a different subdomain and it fixes the issue. So, um, but for, for businesses that really want correct deliverability, you want to have some type of custom um, mailgun domain and my automation makes it just very easy to do that. You know, for example, uh, for uh, plastic surgeons, um, I have uh, makeover.icu as a domain, and then I just use the business name .makeover.icu, and you can send from that, and it actually is acceptable for marketing. Hmm. I also have getyourmakeover.com, um, have, have set that up too, so you can actually uh, set it up that you can use that in a funnel even, um, and, um, and market and market that way. Are there any questions that I can answer at this point? 
Any questions, you feel free to unmute or put it into the chat. Any specific questions from what he's shown so far? We have one from Tom. He said, uh, Joe, I assume we want a new sub subdomain and mailgun and GHL for each client, and we need to set each up each one up separately. Um, yes. You know, I, I get this question all the time when I talk to people about this, you know, do I really have to set up clients on their own subdomain separately? Now, here's the thing. You can fight it. You can say, no, I don't want to do it. What happens is, and this is something that I'm actually going to show you. If you do just very small things different, you know, this is the behavior, you know, when I go and say, okay, let's set the plumbing up and let's just forget about the plumbing. And then we go into the behavioral side of it. There is little things that you can do that can completely mess up your deliverability. And um, in order to minimize that is, yes, you want to have a subdomain for every single client that sends a significant amount of email. Now, if you have transactional emails uh, where, I don't know, five to 10 emails or reminders are going out um, every day, I would set those on a common domain like zero.mailcenter.com or, um, you know, um, Sam Speakerman, who I've set this up for, he uses realty.tips. And so basically what he, he does for his clients, he sets up an email that is first name at last name dot realty dot tips automatically. And so his from email comes always from that location. And what that does, it just makes it, it just makes it very easy to deliver. Does that answer the question or did I understand it wrong? I think, I think so. Yeah. Um, Christina's asking, are you recommending one domain and just different subdomains? So it wouldn't be a unique domain for each of the clients. Right. You know, um, in order to be able to automate it, you have to use a main domain. And, you know, so you, you got to have a good idea of how to do this. You know, as I told Josh before, I own roofingzone.com. Now, if I, if I would send emails for roofing clients, you know, I could just set this up as lastname.roofingzone.com and just use the first name at lastname.roofingzone.com and then just run all the clients, all the roofing clients through that subdomain. Now, um, and, and you want to have that because you just don't want to send from spamsender.com or like I have mailsender.com. You can set that up initially. What I actually do is I upsell this to my clients at a certain point where they come back and say, well, you know, we're going to send more emails. And I say, okay, let's just set this up for a custom domain for you. And then, you know, I just charge a fee for that. But you want to absolutely set it up um, as a custom domain for every client. Any, any tips on how to set this up for the agency themselves? Like, you know, let's say plumber SEO and we, we sell the plumbing companies and we're just trying to figure out how to maximize the delivery of our messages to our prospects. Best, best practices for that. Well, you need an email address at plumberseo.com. Right. Know, that 
that's a best practice for that. And I, um, you know, this is actually something that I, I did in, in the conversations here uh, to just show what type of errors you can do. Now, when I did this just before, it didn't, it didn't completely load it, but I can show you with Mail Genius. So what you see here is I sent different emails. You know, there's one, two, three, four emails that I sent. Now, when you look at what's the difference between the first email and the second email, it's the subject line. I just basically just send an email with some text in it. Let's see if I can load it. It doesn't look like it, um, but I can show you the emails over there. The second difference is then I sent the email. This email here with the subject line was sent from my email, jhopshot at compliantly.io. As you have seen is the subdomain in here is easymarketing.mailsender.com. And the third email then is sent from a jhopshot at easymarketing.mailsender.com. And the fourth one is actually an email that you would want to send. And so let's just go and look at these emails and the results of them. Just pause right there. So everybody knows Mail Genius is a free tool that you can basically send test messages and it will show you what your deliverability is, where there's problems, what the breakpoints are. And so what Joe has done is he's set up separate test contacts inside of high level with Mail Genius so he can run these tests. Right, Joe? Correct. What I have is I have a contact that's called Mail Genius, and it's got that test email here. And I just update that. Mail Genius gives me an email where I can send to, and it tests the email in order to figure out what's wrong with it, you know, or what is the score? There's often, you know, and, and this is the unfortunate part of it. When you set this up, you know, like my Mailgun account, I'm in the medical space. So I have a, have a business associate agreement with Mailgun. And um, we went through several iterations of complaining um, on what type of IP we are. You know, I want to use a shared IP because if I use a, um, a um, separate IP, then I have to send a certain amount of emails every week in order for that IP not to fall into uh, deliverability issues. So, and, and I never know how many emails we're sending. And so I want to be on a shared IP, but I don't want that shared IP to be banned. So there are several situations where you need to make sure that you're not doing that. But Mail Genius basically tells you what's wrong and gives you tips on what to fix. And, and that's what I want to show you here. So basically, you know, I've shown you here this automation. It basically sets up the plumbing. So let's just assume that the plumbing is set up correctly and, um, and that you can do this. Um, you know, if you do it by, by hand, even that here will help you to check if you have all of them. You know, you see that I have seven records in here. You only need six. The seventh one is pointing a domain. But if you don't have them, you're going to have problems. So, but let's assume that that plumbing is set up. So the first email that I sent out of this uh, newly created um location gave me an 88 score it is orange 
supposed to be green. Green is at 95. Now it says there are six things to fix. It says there is a DMARC has a problem. The HTML body has a problem. There's a spam assassin problem. There's a domain suffix problem, <laughs> you know, and when you look at this, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff. And, and this is where people then start going out and hiring an expert because they think they can't fix it. Well, this is a behavior issue. This has nothing to do with plumbing, even though the thing says this is plumbing. This has absolutely nothing to do with plumbing. Here's the email. See here where I told you I just send an email and I didn't put the subject line in. You know, who sends an email without a subject line? You know, and that's basically what Mail Genius tells me here is you need to add a subject line to that email. And you also see the email comes from jhopshot.compliantly.io. If I go in here into the raw email, you can actually see that this email is supposed to come from izzymarketing at mailsender.com. So that doesn't compute. So that's an issue here. But, you know, and, and I can tell you that because I know, you know, you're not going to know, but that that is an issue. So what I did then to just demonstrate it, I just send an email without a subject line. Now let's look at what this thing says. It says there's a bunch of stuff to fix, right? Okay. The next step I did is let's just add the subject line. Let's see what happens then. So boom, I add the subject line and all of a sudden there's only five things to fix. And do you see that the spam score, the spam assassin thing is not there anymore. So just going in and adding a subject line to the exact same email already improved my score to 90. Now, what you see here is that still I'm sending from jhopshot at compliantly.io, which that is a from email that, you know, and I have seen this a hundred times. People do this wrong. They just use any old from email they just want to send from and think it works. It does. You know, you have a mail score of 90, which doesn't mean it doesn't get delivered. But you'll see that with email number four, that you could end up in, in big trouble if you actually send an email that you want to send. Because let's be honest, this is just a test email and nobody wants to send an email like that. Um, so let's just go there and now use a from email that matches the mailgun subdomain. See what happens? You know, you're above 95. You know, we're at 96 at, uh, right now. And we only have three things to fix. We have a list unsubscribe header, which is a setting that you can change in Mailgun if you want to. The domain age, I can't fix that. You know, this domain I just bought a couple of months ago, so it's too young in order to not have that uh, in there. And then, um, you know, the HTML body best practices I can fix by just using less HTML versus text. Um, what so, question, have, so question for clarification here, you just showed basically instead of sending as Josh at if I've got mg.plumbrestio.net as my subdomain that I'm sending from, I would want the send to be from Josh at mg.plumbrestio.net for higher deliverability. 
Yeah, correct. You see here, that's that's the difference between that email. You know, the previous email came from Joe Hopsh or Jay Hopshot at compliantly.io. And now it comes from Jay Hopshot at easymarketing.mailcenter.com. Now, this email, if somebody replies, it will only end up in in, in the high level uh, sub account unless you have set up the forwarding and then you will also get it. But this is an email that is now green. There is almost nothing you can fix other than the text of this. And this email will get delivered. So it will end up in, in um, the, the box. Now, the next email that I'm going to show you is an email that is completely correct, except it is an email that you would want to send. Now, let's click on that one. You see, I'm at, at um, 93, so I lost some score. And you see here, what I did is I'm failing on the HTML body best practices. Why is that? You see that? So I'm using a high-level template that I'm sending that is a nicely shaped and good-looking HTML email. Now, can you imagine what would happen if you send that email and you have it set up like that? You know, you're going to be in the low 80s and you're not going to be delivering. And that's what most people face. They send an email like this and they do all the behavioral stuff wrong. And then they are in the high level group and they're complaining high level can't deliver emails. So when you see these four emails that I send here, what you need to realize is that email sending is not what it used to be 10 years ago. Email sending means you need to understand every single email that you send, what it's going to do to your deliverability. And um, so you have to test. People that do emails for others professionally test every single email, every single one that they send in order to understand what this is doing to the emails. Is there... Is there a question that I can answer? Yeah, so there's there's a very specific question here from Dean, and this is a, a ma massive trouble point for Dean. So, Dean, I'm glad you're on here. Um, he's saying, how can he figure out which is his send from email inside of high level? Okay. So what you do, and, you know, I, I have to set up a little different. You just go to the settings. And you go to the SMTP and Mailgun settings, and you look at your email uh, domain in here. And so what you can do at this point is you can send from any name at easymarketing.mailcenter.com. That should be your from email. Now, in my case, I have mg.compliantly.io in this point. So as Josh said before, I would send the best or I would get the best deliverability from Jay Hopscheid at mg.compliantly.io in my account. Is that understandable? I think so. Yeah. Dean, does that answer the question for you? So, that, I mean, go into your settings, click on SMTP, see what subdomain is listed there, 
And then make sure you're using Dean at that when you're sending from high level, that's going to maximize the probability of deliverability. And then if you're not sure, run a test through Mail Genius, and it will tell you if you're less than 95, you're probably going to go to spam. If you're above 95, you're probably going to get delivered. Is that right? It's kind of in a nutshell, Joe? Well, here's the thing. You know, you could be on a plaque list and plaque lists are not all created equal. You know, sometimes blacklists give you a negative score of 18. And so you're somewhere in the 70s and you can still deliver because it is a blacklist that not everybody looks at. So if you end up being on a blacklist, which most people don't know, even if they're on blacklists, you know, this is one thing that you have to do. You have to send a test to see if you're on a blacklist. And when you're on a blacklist, you can actually go to Mailgun and do a support ticket and ask them to move you to another domain. Is Uh, MX Toolbox the best place to go to look to see if you're on a blacklist or will Mailgun tell you that? uh, Mail Genius will tell you if you're on a blacklist as well. So um, I can, there is actually, if you want to look at the domain itself, there is a, it's a, it's another tool that's free as well. It's sendoscore.org where you can uh, take a look or, of course, you can go into MX Toolbox, which, you know, I've done this here with Compliantly.io. You see, I have zero errors. I have eight warnings and 529 things have passed. And so if you see an error here, this is something that you need to fix. Um, there is the warnings that I have in here I can't fix because, you know, I'm using a G Suite. And unfortunately, I can't set the SMTP banner on Google server. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not possible. So um, there's those things I can't fix, but I don't have any errors in it. Um, and you can do the same thing with your DMARC. You know, you can do some ch- some checking with here, but then you become what I am, a geek, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or a nerd. Um, so um, what what is important, Mail Genius will tell you there is actually, if something fails, and it will say blacklist here. You have a red something, um, you know, and actually when you click on these here, it actually tells you what you can fix. See, it mm-hmm. says here, your from domain is compliantly.io and your DKIM domain is mailsender.com. So you're sending from a domain that you shouldn't be sending from. You know, that's basically, they tell you this. So you can go in there and just look at this. And if you've looked at this four or five times, you know exactly what it is and what you can fix. I uh, see the spam. Would you set. say looking at the 80-20 principle that the average person, you know, agency that wants to fix their deliverability could focus on getting things dialed in and getting a 95 or higher on Mail Genius, not look at the 95 other tools that are out there. Just send your test through there, fix what Mail Genius says. And you should be in the right direction. Yeah. See, everything else is just to try to get you to buy some consulting. Right. Um, the What you need to do is you need to understand how to get your male genius score in green. And what you can do or what you can do wrong in order to get it away from that. So you should do negative tests, you know, just do something outrageous and send it to mail genius and see how that does with your score. And if your score is in the nineties, if it's green, 
um, you're likely going to have to uh, have no deliverability issues. Um, the biggest issues really are the DMARC and the DKIM from the perspective of plumbing. And then, you know, the behavioral issues of loading an email with spam keywords, um, sending to people that don't want your email. Um, so, you know, um, there's, there's people out there that say it's easy to get to the inbox. It's not so easy to stay in the inbox. And in order to stay in the inbox, you need to really understand what type of emails you're sending. Um, the large providers look at more than this. The large providers actually look at what people do with your email. So one of the tests that I have run is, do I send 200 emails out in one shot or do I ticker them out in minute distances or in minute timings? If I do minute timings and it's only 200 emails, my open rate skyrockets. Interesting. If I send out 2000 emails and I do the same thing, my open rate skyrockets for the first couple of hundred emails and then it drops back down. Hmm. And the reason for this is the big, the, the larger providers want to make sure that you don't get spam. You know, every one of us hates spam in their inbox, but we like to send email. And so what they do is they look at what do, do the majority of people do with your email. And they also notice that you're sending very similar emails to 200 of their, of their email boxes. And so what they do is they hold 190 back and they send 10 to people and see what they do with it. If the 10 all click on it, boom, they deliver the, 100, the next 190. And if the 10 all move it into spam or complain, or there is a complaint or something like that, it goes into the spam box or it goes into the promotion tab. Now, if you do that with tickering emails, you know, they deliver in seconds. So they, they don't know that you're sending 200 similar emails at that point in time. You know, let's say, let's say you ticker one email every two minutes and you have 200 emails. So it takes you 400 minutes to send those 200 emails. They can't determine if they are the same, but if people now start moving this stuff into spam or complaining or whatever, and you send 2000 emails, what they will do is they will blacklist your email address. And what that means, or, or cray list it. And what that means is they will hold your emails back, even though you continue to ticker. And they're just going to let a couple of emails run up and they're going to compare them. And then they're going to see again that you are sending similar emails. And then they're going to say, this is either promotion or it's spam. And it's going to be promotion if people don't move it to spam. And it's going to be um, the spam tab if a majority of people move stuff to spam. Makes sense. That, does, does that make sense? Why? Yeah. So what, like being that we're, a lot of us are sending, let's call it 10, 20,000 prospects an invite to a webinar or a link to a case study or a link to a video we just shot that we think they're going to find interesting. Um, 
Any suggestions on, on, on like, should you not do that? Because, uh, you know, you're not going to wind up in spam over time or. What you need to do. And, you know, I suggest that you look at people that end up in your, in your inbox. And, you know, one of the guys that lands in my inbox all the time is Frank Kern. Mm. Now, if you look at what Frank Kern does, he actually sends two or three emails a day and he sends it to his entire list and he gets, still gets into the inbox and he does that with emails that engage people where people are enticed to click. Now, one thing that, and, and there's, there's other marketers out there that do the same thing, that do it as good as he does. But with him, I noticed it all the time. He basically builds curiosity in the text that he writes and makes you click in order to get the rest. You know? and, and what that does, it gets people engaged and then they get delivered. So when you send a large amount of emails, if you, if you, for example, if you do a video, um, I would, I would try to build curiosity with a couple of sentences and then make people click instead of writing a lot. So people don't react to it and then have them click a video. And um, so, so that's, that's, um, that's how you know, you can't, you know, and I'm right now, actually, I'm running a test uh, with 40,000 uh, 40, dentists to see how I can actually set this up that um, that I can deliver faster because, you know, essentially um, I'm trying to sell compliant SAS now. And, um, and um, the way you do that is by explaining how they solve problems and the way you explain how they solve problems is with small little two minute videos on showing how they solve the problem. And so uh, what I'm trying right now is to see how I can build that curiosity in order for my emails to actually have decent open rates. Um, give you an example at the beginning of this pandemic, you know, my, my dentist list, now, I have like 11,000 chiropractors. I have 39,000 dentists. I have 13,000 plastic surgeons or so. And so I thought, you know, I don't really like marketing to dentists. So I thought, okay, I'm going to test my dental list. And so what I did is, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, there was this, this program that you could get a loan. Well, you know, dentists were just all shut down and they didn't know how to feed their employees. And so what I did is I just went and I got all the information that was necessary for a dental practice to actually get the PPP loan. And I packaged that in one email and I sent it out with one shot, all 40,000 through my own SMTP, not Mailgun, through my own SMTP that I have built. And I have an open rate of 44% on that one. 44%, whereas the average open rate on that list for me was between 10 and 15%. Hmm. So what that tells you is that if you send people stuff that they need to know, that they want to know, they're going to open it. And that's what you need to strive for as a marketer. You don't send stuff that just promotes. You know, there is a couple of examples that I have uh, people that are fairly prominent in the GHL group. I have one that sends stuff that is valuable beyond the sale, 
and I have somebody else that sends me by here, by, by that, I got a free course here and by this, you know, and there is not a single email that goes beyond trying to sell. Frequently, those emails are fine and spam. Even though I don't move them, you know, I'm testing, I'm trying to see what is going on. But those emails I find frequently in spam, whereas, um, whereas uh, the other guys' emails, they most of the time land in my inbox. Interesting. A couple, couple quick questions here. So Nick's asking, when's the appropriate time to use HTML inside of an email then instead of HTML? And that balance between a text-based, yes, that's going to get delivered and opened, but it's not nearly as impressive. Um, well, here's a marketing principle that I teach to my students. You're not selling the end product. You're selling the next step. You, you know, the vision that's behind this with an email, you're not selling the end product. So what's your next step? If your next step can be put on a landing page, then I would just send a text email. If you need to have, you know, and, and this is a discussion I have with plastic surgeons all the time because, you know, they're, they're selling aesthetic services, so they don't want to have just a text email. They want to have a nice-looking, styled email that is sent out. But when I then show the difference in people actually consuming it, we end up taking the email, putting it on a landing page, designing it nicely, and just sending a text email out with a link to the landing page. So, so that's, that's how I have done it now, you know, and then if you go into my profile, you see that I also have a couple of tricks that I use, you know, for example, people will unsubscribe. Well, if you have an unsubscribe page that tags them on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Google, on TikTok you know, basically tags them, you can then market them to them in a different way. Mm, I like that. That's a cool little ninja hack right there. And right, they um, just hit unsubscribe. Now you can't email them anymore, but you've, you've put them in a special retargeting list right. that you and can hit them in other ways. This is, this is actually, most people don't realize that this is possible. You know, you can tag your unsubscribe link. They're, they're, no, I, and I don't understand why people don't realize this, but that's what you want to do. You know, in today's marketing, it doesn't mean that people don't want your stuff. Maybe they don't want your email, but, you know, the information that you have is still is still something good. And um, and so, you know, for a while, at least uh, you're capable of actually marketing to them in a different way. You know, the Facebook Facebook and uh, TikTok and LinkedIn um, is time limited, but most people have a Google account. And so Google retargeting is not time limited, really. Awesome. Um, Rudy's got the question here. So, so basically just set up the user settings with the reply to email and send from email to your reply to. So for me, like he uses Rudy at mg.floorcodingmarketer.com. I would just need to forward it so it gets to his main Gmail account so he can see right. the reply and it also hits high level. Right. Correct. What I would do though is, and you know, I'm, I'm notorious for this, you know, actually um, my um, high level interface looks the way it looks because I absolutely 
<laughs> despise the standard version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I just can't deal with how basic it is. And so when you look at um, conversations here and I got to move this little thing, if I send an email, you see here that mine actually looks usable. Mm. And so um, this is one of the things that I needed in order to actually start using it. And so I forced myself to actually start using high level as my, um, as my uh, standard email system for emails. Yes. Um, But, you know, I needed to have a little bit of a change in my, in in my uh, CSS in order for me to be able to do that. Um, So in the absence of this though, you can set it so that every reply forwards to your other, whatever your main mailbox is. Yes. You can, you can do that. What that does though, is you won't go look. And um, you want what? You won't go look into into your CRM, right? Which you know you need to start working out of the CRM in order for it to be beneficial. Now, one of the things that's also in the standard or is not in the standard um, high level is your notifications here. You know, if I have a notification in here, this thing starts blinking and it has a two or a three or a five at the top. So that's another CSS modification. That's a cool CSS uh, tweak yeah, for sure. You can do in order for for this to become more more usable. And the top end of it also, you know, this this really made it easy for me. You know, one of the things that I have a problem with is workflows um, uh, to go in here and um, and you know then have the sidebar uh, show up. Um, but you know, those are those are just personal issues but you know the answer to can i have this in my gmail it's possible in order for this to be workable for you as an agency i would try to get in there because ultimately if you sell this to clients if you sell sublocations to clients you will understand that there are certain things that you can do in order to have them stick and usage is one of them Hundred percent. The more you can get them in the conversations queue and actually using the platform, the better value they're going to get. But also, the more likely they're going to continue to pay that that fee for the SaaS and or the service. Yeah, and that's you know, and that's the that's the ultimate goal. And um, you know, I bought a SaaS or a white label version of a web builder in two thousand and four. I paid a one time fee of five hundred and fifty bucks for it. 2004, it's a long time ago, you know? <laughs> yeah, it is. Long time. I still have clients on that, and I do absolutely nothing other than carrying the checks to the bank. Hmm. So what I can just encourage everybody to do is look for ways to hook people to your system and get them to use it. You know, one of the biggest issues, and this is, you know, this is a marketer that I give this location to. One of the biggest issues high level has is the multitude of features, cut the features down and just have the stuff that solves your client's problem up on the screen. And that's why you see this little tag here. Um, I'm not very happy with uh, the SaaS accounts that are created but I now create SaaS accounts so that I, I can actually limit the possibility of people adding features on their own. Nice. 
So when it when it comes to deliverability, it sounds like there's there's the setup and you got to get that right. And then there's the ongoing from a setup perspective, we want to set up Mailgun. You still recommend that because it's integrated with GHL. It sounds like you want a shared IP, not a dedicated IP. W- would you get the foundation plan with the shared IP? Um, no, you should or you need to get the at a minimum the $35 a month plan. Right. I think that's the foundation one. I think no. that's the the one that they're recommending everybody from high level. Yeah. And and the reason for this is that in that plan, you can set routes so that actually the emails come back into a high level. Just want so, to make sure I'm right, that, suggesting the right plan here. Yeah. Look yeah at foundation, the foundation plan is 35 bucks a month, right? So that's at a minimum, you want that depending upon volume, you might go to the growth plan, but yeah. you don't want to get the dedicated IP unless you're sending lots of volume. Yeah. If you send lots of volume, so let's say you have a list of 20,000 people and you're sending twice a week, you know, you're still not at the $50,000 threshold where, you know, your IP could be downrated for deliverability because you're not sending enough. Yep. So don't even, most of us don't even worry about the dedicated IP. That's not going to give you an advantage. It's going to give you a disadvantage. Um, And then, so once you've got nail gun set up and you've got the right plan, the next thing is to make sure you've got your plumbing in order, which is your SPF records, your DKIM, your DMARC, um, which it sounds like your workflow kind of automates that. Correct. If somebody already has it set up, it's like, oh, but I don't have those settings right. Where would somebody like, would you, could, is there step-by-step on Mail Genius that kind of shows you what you would need to change on your records? Yeah. You know, what you need to do is if you have already set it up and you have not run a mail genius test, you need to run a mail genius test. And then you just go to mailgenius.com and they give you an email. Now I just copy that email here and um, you go into, uh, into um, high level. You go to, um, let's just go to contact here. And just take my mail genius contact. You just take that email, replace it. And then you basically just send an email. It's a great trick to set up a contact for it. I would always go into a campaign builder and send a test out of there, but it makes a lot more sense to set up an actual contact record and just swap the email every time you need to do it. Yep, correct. And that way, you know, that way it makes it easy. And once you send an email to this, it's going to tell you, you know, and I, I can do that. You know, you see here, this email now comes from a wrong address. This is something that would usually happen. And uh, let's just do that and see, see what uh, Mail Genius score we get if I send it this way. Oh, this is something that I also see all the time. I'm going to send it this way, but you should have at least 50 words in an email that you send in order to test. Don't just send an email like that because that can give you a bad reputation um, as well. You know, so you need to send an email that looks like an email you would actually send. I'm going to just send it this way. And then we're going to go over there and check and see, um, what this what this uh did okay it loads that one that one it don't so let's just go over 
And when you're here, you see here, you can just click see your score. I just sent an email here. It usually takes a little while for that email to arrive. And, um, you know, when I do recordings and show this, I actually pause it. So we can't do that here. <laughs> so while, so it's, while it's running in the background, we want to set up Mailgun, make sure we're on the, at least the foundation plan. We want to dial in the, the, the plumbing and the settings on all of the domain records. Um, and then we want to send the test and make sure that you're ideally sending the test um, from your subdomain, not your main email. And you're looking for 95 or higher on any given email out of MailGenius to have the highest probability of deliverability. Correct. And so that's the setup aspect. On an ongoing basis, you want to try and send text-based emails, not long, big HTML-based emails, because that's going to give you deliverability flags. Um, and ideally, you want to send the test through MailGenius every time you're sending an email, so you know for that individual email whether it's going to pass this, the spam filters or not. Correct. What you also want to do, which I haven't touched on, is you want to have a, G a Gmail account that you use for nothing else but just sending an email to to see if you land into spam or if you land into promotion tab. Mm. And you see here, you know, we got 85. So, and I, I showed you emails before that come out of the same account with the same setup and with a score of 96, right? And now we got 95. So what the heck happened? Now, this is why people get so confused with this. You need to make sure, you know, here, the from email is the cause here again. You have from, from info at easymarketing.com instead of from the domain. And it will tell you here, you know, first of all, it comes, um, you know, the domain should be this, but we're sending from this domain. And in addition to that, and it's an Australian domain, which is, <laughs> I don't know. How, to, how else to say that, but um, it's not trusted. So it's a minus seven instead of a minus four. If this was just a .com domain, it would be a minus four. And so you need to realize that this is a behavior issue because you could have changed to from email, right? I could have changed to from email to be a correct from email and my score would have been better. And actually, you know, if I had, and this is the HTML body best practices, if I had then send a longer email, this would be another minus four off. Um, the DKIM would be gone if I sent from the right email. And so we're looking at, what is this, plus 12 just by using the incorrect from email. So that's so, a big gotcha. That's a big one. All of you guys can pretty much go back and change right away on your one-off emails, as well as your campaign emails, make sure they're coming from the subdomain you've got set up on your high level through Mailgun, because that could potentially be dropping you way out of deliverability right out of the gates. Or if it bugs you that you have to do that, set your Mailgun domain up so that it actually corresponds with the email you want to use. You know, there's two ways of doing it. Of course, you know, you can change your from email, or if that is something that bugs you, then just go into Mailgun and set up for the location that you're working with, um, set it up in a way that, um, that, you know, that it corresponds with the email that you want to use. Right. Another question on this one in terms of the ongoing messaging, 
do you recommend having a signature and what should you or should you not have in that signature on your emails? Signature signatures are the single biggest reason why an email lands into spam. Um, I've, I have, when I send marketing emails, I have completely eliminated my signature other than it says Joe Hopscheid and there is an email address or a phone number underneath my name. My experience is that whenever I use one of those cool tools that like Y stamp or one that puts a cool picture and all the icons to your social profiles, it's like, it's like the spam rate goes up the opening rate goes down. It just makes no sense to do that. And, um, so, so I would not put a number of, you know, what, what a lot of people do in their, their, um, uh, signatures is also, they have links in it and links can actually cause plaque lists. You know, for example, I used, um, I use stub a lot. And, uh, so I, you know, and I test every email. And so I send the email to Mail Genius, and it tells me that all of a sudden the dub IP address is blacklisted. And so I look at that and I'm like, okay, I can't solve this. So I go to dub and I complain that my um, video is on an IP that is blacklisted and they don't want to change it. And so it took me quite a while to convince them that every single one of their users is going to have a deliverability issue because their IP address is blacklisted. You will never know that if you don't test your emails, Mm. you know, what gets, what's get, what gets measured gets managed. You have to test. You have, that's a a writer down to that one right there. Um, The signature is the number one reason most emails go to spam. So don't include it, right? Just have your name, have your phone number, maybe your email address. Are there any best practices? And Dean's, Dean McNoll is asking this in terms of how many links or images you can put and still get away with it. Because sometimes you do need the image that's going to be clicked that takes them like to the video or to the podcast replay. Or well, that, that's again, what I'm saying there is you need to look at what you're trying to sell. You're selling the next step. So if your next step is for somebody to hit a landing page, you got to do it. Um, what I would do again there is I would test, you know, have a, have an account where you just send it to that you use for nothing else and, and don't open the emails on those accounts, because what happens is if you open the email, then all your results are going to be skewed because now Gmail or whatever, whoever you use is think you like that sender. Right. So, So that's a really cool tip guys. Do the mail genius test because that will kind of tell you, generally speaking, should this get to the inbox, then set up a separate Gmail account that you just use to test and receive emails and send it and see, does it go to the inbox, the promotions tab, or does it go all the way to spam? Um, Because that could be indicative. You think your emails are getting out there, but they're really going straight to Gmail spam. Yep. And that's, you know, and, and so when you look at how many links can I include, test it. You know, take a look, you know, send, you know, and this is, you know, and, and I, I all, you know, I'm a physicist. I'm actually an experimental physicist. And um, one of the reasons why I'm good at marketing is because to me, marketing is neither creative nor theoretical. It's an inductive science. 
you know, you test stuff and, you know, and, and all of us have heard a B testing and make sure that what you're doing actually doesn't change over time. And that's because all of what we're doing is really changing very quickly. You know, we're fighting with Apple and I hope we're going to get to that. We're fighting with Apple. We're fighting with Gmail. Uh, we're fighting, you know, Google and, and Outlook and AOL in order to get our prospects to consume our content. And, you know, and I've worked on the other side of this. Um, don't underestimate the genius of somebody else trying to not get you into the inbox with your marketing messages. And so you really have to test. That's, that's all I can say there is there's, there's lots of theory, but you have to, you know, if you want to have good marketing out there, you're going to have to test your emails that you're sending out. You have to test every newsletter. You know, sometimes you can't completely test your uh, autoresponders, but you have to test every newsletter that you send out. Great stuff. Sean, Sean DeBerio, great to have you here with us. He's like, this is awesome, but it's complex. So we're going to get like a Cliff Notes version. Yeah, the team will be sure to go back and like kind of give you some check checklists, like do this, do this, do this, check this, check this, check that. Um, so you'll get that afterwards and we'll get Joe to look at it and make sure we've, we've understood correctly and like it's all very clear. It is, you know, here's, here's the thing. You can make everything look complex. Um, 80-20 principle says 80% of your results are going to come from 20% of your actions. Yep. Um, pick some things that you have learned today and just consistently do them. Yeah. No, that's, that's what I would say is you don't have to be perfect. Great. You know, there's, there's one is saying that, you know, and with plastic surgeons, you always have to say that as perfect as the enemy of good. hundred percent. I love that. Great, great, great insights there. Um, April saying high level saying deliverability is around 97% on a couple of emails. Is that okay? Yep. It sounds like 95 or higher is the target. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, I look at mine, you know, and I consider myself to be an expert and I'm at 94 point something, you know, of course I'm a little competitive with myself there, but um, again, you know, perfect is the enemy of good. Um, the the measuring stick at the end of the day is if people consume your content and if you can move them to the next step that you want to move them with your content. You know, that's the measuring stick. Yeah. Um, April, I know yours got flagged and they kind of stopped you or they throttled you. Is that still a, an issue on your Mailgun account? So just... A little history on that. Um, I've had the account since uh, February and probably the most emails I've sent at one time, it looks like we're around 50. So that's in my long-term nurture sequence. And then one day we, we imported everybody from Woodpecker that had, you know, opened, clicked the responded, and that was around 200 and I got flagged. And so I just had to, it was, they just explain it and say that, it's just their robots or whatever, their reputation, you know, monitoring system that will flag things if it happens. And I just had to answer some questions and then they disabled the, um, the hour delay. So they, they put me on probation to where I could only send a hundred emails out in a day 
Um, but everything seems to be fine. I mean, people are still in my long-term nurture sequence. Um, they're waiting to receive the third one. The second one, they received it in high level. I'm talking about not the spam score or whatever you identify that male genius, but just the deliver delivered rate within high level says 97.28. So it seems like everything's okay. That, that sounds pretty good. Um, what, what you need to understand is that even though people tend to say that Mailgun will allow you uh, to send cold email, they don't. And when you start importing from other tools, of course, you know, they're like, where in the heck does this list come from? Mm -hmm. So um, that could be a reason why, why you were uh, flagged on, on this. Yeah. So well, I think the takeaway there one thing is that I hear from you though. Go ahead. Um, one thing that I hear from you, though, is you base things on engagement. Um, and that, I think, is a good uh, topic because yesterday iOS 15 came out. And iOS 15 is going to screw with that measurement big time. Um, you know, yesterday I actually told every one of my clients switch off open rate tracking at least for a couple of weeks so that all your auto automations won't start sending stuff. Because when people install iOS 15, Apple will auto open every email. So if you have automation set that actually triggers on somebody opening an email, you're now becoming a spammer because it was Apple opening the email, not the person opening the email and your automation hits them with more emails. So you need to right now at this point in time where we don't really know what effect it has is turn it off that those automations and make sure that you will not just send based on this engagement uh, tool that is right now really up in the air what is happening. In addition to that, Apple also yesterday introduced a feature. It's called hide my email, meaning that in the future, you need to be a little bit more careful about your opt-ins because, you know, if I look at my own mailbox, you know, I get probably a hundred emails a day that I don't really want. And uh, Apple will now enable me to just come up with a, fake email that will deliver, but that I can switch off within seconds. So um, there's, there's two things that could really make it hard for us email marketers. Yeah, for now, sure. One, one thing that you need to uh, switch to is you need to uh, click tracking. You know, you need to really redesign your emails in a way that they're curious uh, or create curiosity enough that people will click open rate, open rate tracking, I think is dead um, at least for a little bit, you know, right now, what you're shooting for is 15 to 20% open rate. Well, you know, maybe Apple adds 40% of on top of that. Now, anybody that never did this analysis that doesn't know the open rate of their list is now really in a bad situation because they're going to see 60% open rates and they think they're good. 
<laughs> One reality, it's just the, the, the mechanism changed and now everything looks like it's opened, even though it wasn't necessarily. Yeah. yeah. Great stuff. So quick, quick, um, new domain, new, like kind of GHL, uh, Mailgun account that's been set up. Any best practices on how to configure that? Should you put it into like a warm box type of mechanism to warm it up a little bit? What are your thoughts on that front? Um, okay, so people that send a lot of emails talk a lot about how to warm up a domain or how to warm up a, um, an IP. Most of us are not sending 100,000 emails a week, not 100,000 emails a month. You know, when I look at, um, at the average client that I have, probably a couple hundred emails a week. Um, and, um, you know, and then once in a while you have this big shot going after, um, you know, a newsletter where, you know, I have a plastic surgeon has 8,000 people's emails and then you know once a month they shoot out an email that's that's a problem because you know they were sending out 200 now all of a sudden they're sending out 8,000. so um when it comes to warm-up what you need to do is you need to consistently send email you know you don't want to send 200 emails a day and all of a sudden you send 8,000. You know, that, that's actually going to cause a flag. When it comes to new stuff, my experience is actually totally different. You know, I, um, I have a domain that I set up a week ago, and I'm just sending from it, and its deliverability is better than any of my other domains. Hmm. So that, you know, I, again, it's an inductive science. It's just from experience. And so you didn't do anything special. You just set up that domain. You put it on MG dot whatever. Set it up on Mailgun, and it's blasted. Yep. What volume though? Are we sending like one or two emails? Are we sending a hundred? Or like what? What volume with that new domain? Just out of curiosity. Forty thousand. Oh, okay, <laughs> so you did a big, you did a big blast, and it didn't I, I get. Just, you know, I, I wanted to test this, you know, and I do this these tests all the time uh, with different lists that I have, and so um, I just wanted to see if that was going to be an issue. And what I have noticed is that people often look at the from name. They don't look at the from email address. So if they know your from name and or can do something with that is, you know, it delivers. Good stuff. Um, on an IP address, though, you know, and I've set up several SMTP servers for myself. If I send high volumes um, of emails, I actually set up my own SMTP server so that I don't pay Mailgun, I don't pay Amazon. I just do it on my own SMTP server and something that I could ditch if I had to. And um, when you go to a new IP address, you need to warm it up. You know, there's no doubt about it. You need to warm that up. You need to make sure that the larger providers see thousands of emails coming from that IP address each day. Otherwise, you know, you're going to get flagged. So what do you, what do you, how do you feel about tools like LemWarm or WarmBox that basically will simulate sending and opening emails on your behalf so you get some history inside the domain? I've never used them. Okay. Not, not once. 
You know, I always look at people that say you got to use them. And I'm like, okay, but I've had success without. And, um, you know, I, I really, you know, what I've shown today is my setup. That's what I, that's what I do. You know, I, I check my emails with, um, mail genius. And if I see an issue in mail genius, I may go to MX toolbox or send a score to see if I can feather out what it is. And then I will go to the place where I can get support to fix that. But, you know, the first step is always for me, mail genius. Love it. It's, you know, Love and it's free. You know, I don't know why he does it, but it's free. <laughs> you know? And it's good, right? It's like pretty, yeah. pretty solid. Like you can tell if yeah. there's a problem, if there's not, and exactly what you need to do to adjust yeah. it. Great yeah. stuff. Becky's that's asking, actually, you know, when we're promoting a webinar, cool. we have right. to have a link in it. Obviously having the link, you know, to the thing you want them to register is fine. You just don't want to have that link plus another link and then links in your signature like limit it to one link and one image. And by, by all means, don't overload your signature with things that are going to put you in the spam box. There's the, the audience here is marketers, right? Yes. Um, a marketer should know that, right? Why in the heck did Russell Prunson come up with funnels? Because they only, you, they only give you one or two choices to act. And if you have a web page, you have like 50 links that you can click. Well, you know, the percentages are if there's 50 links that you can click, every link will get clicked 2% of the time. If there is two links to be clicked, every link will be clicked 50% of the time. That's the same with emails. You want, you want people to do something, lead them to that water hole that you want them to do to that one thing, right? You know, maybe two, but not 20. <laughs> yep. Great point. Uh, Adina's asking, what about users to campaigns? Um, does that, how does that get affected? You can set the email that you're sending from inside your campaigns and your workflows, and you want to be conscious that it's sending from, you know, your, your mail gun subdomain. Otherwise, all of those are potentially being sent from your campaign or your workflow to a, to a problematic from address, right, Joe? But what I would do is I would put custom values into uh, the from addresses and then just set that custom value um, in one spot. You know, that way, if you ever share your campaign, it's just one setup. Um, and if you um, have different campaigns, you know, you only have to switch it in one spot. And so you never run into those issues. So go to your custom value from email, make sure that that's the email that's, you know, your name or whatever the email is at what's on, on Mailgun. And then on all of your campaigns and workflows, set that as the from email address. So sure. you can only really screw it up in one place and that's your, your custom value. If you've got it right there, you should be fine in all of your, your workflows. Correct. This has been this has been great, man. Thank you so much for taking the time and for breaking this down for us, and you know, giving us very actionable you know things we can go back and implement. Any other questions here? And Joe, I know you've given us more time than was expected. Are you on a hard stop, or are you okay? No, I'm okay. Okay. Does anybody need to un unmute and ask a question? Dean Mignola, I want to point. I want to talk to you real quick because I know this is a big issue for you, and you wanted to make sure there's some actionable things here. Do you feel clear on what needs to be done on your end? 
Well, <laughs> there's a whole lot. I definitely learned more than uh, than I knew before, and, and I'm looking forward to using. I, I bet my business partner Brent is using Mail Genius right now because that's what. Obviously, that sounds like the core of it. Um, yeah, I just. I guess all we can do is get in there and try it at this point, right? Yep. Get the plumbing right. Make sure that you don't have any issues with DMARC and all of those other things. And then test your emails on Mailgun. Solve the problems that Mailgun's sending up as red flags. And you should start to get into the clear with deliverability. What, what I've shown you, though, is, and that's one of the questions that I often get, is my DMARC is set correctly, but MailGenius says I have a minus four on DMARC. You know, what I showed you is that that is the reason because your from email is wrong. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes it is also important to know what questions to ask um, and not just go run and try to fix it. So make sure that your from email is correct and then look at your DMARC because otherwise you're going to get that error. And, um, yeah. you know, and um, if... Um, if you want that integrament flow, yes, just hit me up and I'll just um, I'll just give you that. And the integrament flow, if you set that up, you know, integrament is just nine bucks a month. It really is minimal. It's kind of like a Zapier, kind of like a replacement to Zapier. Uh, it's it's like Zapier, but integrament in some ways, both integrament and Pabli Connect are a little bit more powerful than Zapier with GHL, because you can actually use the full API with both of those tools. And um, it's only $9 a month and it only takes one error that you chase for a couple of days in order to, in order to, uh, to make that a real great deal. <laughs> Can I ask one last question? Wait, just look you up on Facebook or is there an email address you want them to send to? Like what's the best way? And you're in the group, but what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? The best way to get in touch with me is uh, via Facebook and just message me. Okay. So uh, just just go into my uh, into my profile and just message me. Awesome. So hey, you know, send a, hey Joe, thanks so much for all the great insights in the in the session. Um, we want that that uh, Integromat workflow. You can send them a link that they can pull in. Um, well, what it is, it's Integromat actually creates a file. It's a JSON file, and you just uh, upload that file into Integromat, and then you have the same workflow there and you just got to set it up. So good. Yeah. It's, it's amazing what you've built with that. It's just like next level automation to set up, not just for yourself, but for your clients, ideally, as you set up sub accounts for people that want to hire you and potentially hire your services or learn more, same thing, just reach out to you on Facebook yeah. or. Yeah. yeah. You see, if you want to, if you want to buy my, marketing coaching, I can give you a link. Um, for this stuff, you know, for me, this is a necessity. Now, my, I, I, I can teach this because my clients all have this problem, but I'm not really selling anything with regards uh, to emails. Um, so, you know, and the way I've done it with a lot of people in the high-level group is I just sell them an hour of, uh, of uh, coaching and then we'll just go through it and set it up in your, um, in your account, you know, and of course, you know, you can do it two ways. You can, or actually you can do it three ways. I think it's cheap, good, and fast, you know, and you can choose two of those. 
if it's cheap, it's not going to be, or if it's good and fast, it's not going to be cheap, right? If it's good and cheap, it's not going to be fast. <laughs> yep. And what's the third one? <laughs> I have actually a friend hanging this, having that in his garage. So um, I do charge quite a bit for my time, but um, if it is something that you need to be solved, have solved quickly, you know, then it may make sense to do that. I just one one last question: If you think you're already blacklisted. What's the best approach? Start with a whole new one or blacklisted? What what is blacklisted? I just assume our our emails are not getting opened at all. I mean, we we've had no luck with sending out emails for over a year now. So we we've obviously done everything wrong. It's a complete. We've given up just even sending emails at this point. Well, you know, again, I would just say test it, and you will know. You know, there's if if it is that way, you know. MX Toolbox, Metal Genius, and SenderScore.org will tell will you. Flag exactly. you. It's, not, it's not something you have to guess about, Dean. It will flag you and say you're on this blacklist. Yeah. Yeah. And, but if you, know, you are, what do you do? That's what I'm you asking. You can get off of any blacklist by just fixing your behavior. You know, most blacklists will take you off right away. Um, most people got on those blacklists because they send into a spam trap. But actually, you know, most of the lists that you can buy have trap emails in them. So if you send to an entire list without cleaning that list and you do it with cold email, you end up in one of those spam filter traps and then they just flag it. And so if you quit doing the bad stuff, you can get off the list. Um, it, takes, it takes some work to get off the lists, but you can get off the lists. Okay. Contact Mailgun, contact the, mail, the, the blacklist that you're on. That's one option. Stop doing, stop doing things that are getting you, you flagged. And or set, like in some cases, you could set up a new Mailgun subdomain. Like instead of mg. you could do email.yourdomain.com. The new subdomain would not be on that blacklist, right? So you could just create as many subdomains as you want. And eventually, you know, the, the second one will be clean and you have a fresh start. I, Is that right, Joe, or am I understanding that yeah, right? You, you would be surprised um, how many plastic surgeons are on massive blacklists. You know, the biggest issue that you have with doctors like that is that they think they can do everything. You know, in Germany, we call them gods in white. And, um, and so what they do is they find um, or, or they send their staff and they build an email list, call them, and then, then, then they blast out 8,000 emails a day. And that gets them blacklisted. So, you know, that's, that's how I learned this because virtually every client that I work with or I start with, I have to take them off blacklists. And, and you know, it's fortunately most plastic surgeons also have a stupid domain, um, you know, like <laughs> Dr. Morris had smpsi.com before I got him on michiganmakeover.com. You know, Much better. You remember smpsi.com. And so he had totally messed that up. And so we just started new. But uh, if you can't do that, you know, you can get people off blacklists. Great, great insight. So, guys, reach out to Joe. Um, we've added him to the Facebook group. Let him know you want the Integromat workflow. Um, he's available to help coach and support. If you want to hire him, hire him. It sounds like it would be money extremely well spent. Um, 
I will put together a cliff notes on this, kind of the things you want to make sure you've got right on the setup, the things you want to pay attention to on an ongoing basis. Um, and we should all be able to really elevate our deliverability as a group by following these best practices. So Joe, thank you so much. It's been an honor and a privilege. Quick round of applause if you've got your camera on so we can see it. Quick one in the chat as a show of appreciation. Excellent, excellent breakdown. And we'll make sure to get this recording loaded up and the cliff notes off to you guys ASAP. Anything you want to say in closing before we, we end up here, Joe? I have nothing else to say. He shared, all, he shared it all. He opened up the full kimono. He gave us his workflow that he spent hours and years to, to develop. And How um, old are you guys? I'm sorry? How old are you guys, the average in here? I would say our average is probably 32-ish, somewhere in that range. Anybody remember Hogan's Heroes? Hogan's Heroes, yes. <laughs> Sergeant Schultz, I know nothing. Good. <laughs> <laughs> This was great. Don, thanks for the recommendation. As always, Joe, thanks so much for your time. We'll talk to everybody later. Yep. Thanks again. Joe, you got to get out to California. Your whole West Coast there is a uh, blink. Yeah. <laughs> That's, um, you know, we've, um, we've been traveling a lot with our, uh, our motorhome. Yeah. With the travel trailer. Ours is getting.